0: <clears throat> it was supposed to be the end. The question of who Jesus was had finally been answered. And the answer was ugly. There he was, hanging on the cross, his broken and abused body looking so very human and yet so empty at the same time. Because the cross, you see, is the place where all humanity comes to an end. Oh, he had been a miracle worker doing things that astonished even the most skeptical of observers. He acted with power and authority, restoring sight to those who were blind, healing limbs that were bent and broken with bones, muscle, and tissue reforming right in front of everyone's eyes. He drove out demons unafraid of the dark powers that he faced. In fact, as people tell it, the demons were afraid of him. And yes, he had been a teacher and in fact a good one. It wasn't just what he said, but also the way that he said it. So boldly, without fear. And the words themselves, the words were powerful, and they both encouraged and tore down. In the minds of many, his words had encouraged, though, and torn down the wrong kinds of people. He had eaten in the homes of the worst types, tax collectors, prostitutes, and he had told them that God loved them. He had spoken to the masses, telling them that there was a place for them in God's kingdom. And he had rebuked religious leaders, telling them that they misrepresented the God they claimed to serve, calling them snakes and thieves. You can't just say the kinds of things that he said to people. Was he special of that? There could be no doubt. He mattered, but how much did he matter? This was the question that dominated discussions in the aftermath of a very public political and religious execution. Sure, he mattered, but how much Did he matter? Because to some, the events there at the cross proved that he did not matter nearly as much as people wanted him to. He was not some sort of heavenly change agent. He could not stop the machine of Rome, of power, of influence, or even of his own religious tradition. It was after all his brash words that got him there. He said the wrong things to the wrong people, this verbal tearing down that ultimately led to his end. I mean, he told everyone that the temple would be torn down. He talked about the coming kingdom. He spoke of a new king. And these people, these offended elites, powerful and wise, knew that they could not let him continue. Two Much was at stake, and there was too much for them to lose. They declared Jesus their enemy and therefore saw the cross as a victory. They had finally put an end to this upstart Jesus, and on top of it, they got Rome to do it. See, he is just a man after all. Things might be a little out of balance for a while longer, but life would slip once more back into its patterns until a new Messiah would rise up to claim his throne. And there were others, though, that believed Jesus mattered so very much. They did not see Jesus as a problem to be eliminated, but as the fulfillment of God's promises And to them, the cross was an unimaginable display of unspeakable loss. It was not supposed to go like this. This can't be Jesus. It can't be over. And they were overwhelmed with an unfathomable emptiness. As all the places in their lives that Jesus once occupied were suddenly barren. It couldn't be over, and yet it had to be. All of their hopes and dreams were crushed. All that they believed Jesus to be must have been false. He must not have been the Messiah, but they knew just like everyone else That while his actions may live on, he must be nothing more than an extraordinary teacher, a gifted healer, and a regular man. Because the cross is the sign at the side of the road that says no through street here. And Jesus, just like everyone else who experienced it, found the cross to be the end of the line. And this is the harsh truth that the world began to live in because it was true. Until it wasn't. From Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. We understand something now that they did not understand then, and that is that the cross of Jesus was never meant to stand alone. It was never meant to be viewed as a solitary object. We know what the cross means when it stands by itself. It is the brutal end to human life. There was no mystery to death on the cross. When someone died this way, they were good and dead. In any other story, it would be the last chapter, the final words written, the period at the end of the sentence. But this is not, you see, the story of the cross. This is the story of Jesus, and therefore the cross does not get to be the period at the end. Because in the story of Jesus, the cross does not stand alone. The cross is the way to something else. It is the way to the tomb. The tomb where Jesus' body was laid. The tomb that was sealed closed by a rock. The tomb that would be found empty. And it was not empty because someone broke in and stole the body, as some have claimed, but because Jesus, who once was dead, has risen and is alive. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. But let's be clear about something. The empty tomb does not simply vindicate Jesus. It does much more than that. The empty tomb brings into sharp focus the love that God has For his people. The empty tomb does not just boldly declare that Jesus matters more than anyone could have ever imagined, it shouts that we matter to God more than we could have ever believed possible. Brian Zahn says the crucifixion is not a defeat overturned by the resurrection, the crucifixion is a victory revealed by the resurrection. You see, it is not until you look at the cross next to the empty tomb that you can begin to wrap your minds around what God has been doing all along. That all of these things, the miracles, the teachings, the death, the empty tomb, all of these things were a part of something big that God has been doing. Something so big, so unimaginable that Jesus told his followers over and over again that it was going to happen, and yet they never understood what it meant. even staring at the empty tomb itself, God sent his Son to save the world, not save one people or one nation, but to save the world. So, what happened when the tomb was found empty? Jesus transformed the cross, a symbol of death and defeat, into a symbol of victory so that for those of us who know Jesus, it no longer stands for death and the end of things. Instead, it is a bridge, a tool, a tool of death that was used to defeat death. And it now stands for sacrifice, love, forgiveness, and life. And why does this transformation of this object matter to you and to me? And it matters to us because our story runs parallel to the story of the cross. We are sinners. Unable to keep ourselves from rebelling against God. We could try, but no matter, our best efforts would still fail. And God, in his wisdom, knew this about us. And because he is a holy God, a God who cannot take part in sin, he created a system by which we can know him. We could offer worship From afar, we could offer sacrifices to make payment for our sin and our guilt, but all of these measures were insufficient because sin was and seemingly would always be a barrier between God and his people. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 4 says, The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins, but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins." And you see the problem, right? If your car is rusting out, you can't keep applying paint. But all that paint is going to do is cover up the rust. The rust will still be there underneath those colors, eating away at what is underneath. And no matter how much we could cover our sin with the blood of animals, their lives given up for us, the sin was still going to be there, corroding our souls, creating distance between God and us. And at the end of this road... Was death. It was always there, not life forever with God, but separation from Him. Because, like the cross, our sin signaled that there was a limit to how far things could go. So, God decided to change things to rewrite and redefine terms that seemed unchangeable. And he turned the cross, a symbol of death, into a symbol of hope, so much so that now people wear them as a sign of love and forgiveness. He did this by putting the cross next to the empty tomb. Yes, Jesus died, but his body cannot be found in the tomb, for he has risen. And it is the rising that has changed the story because death was the penalty for our sin. But in rising, Jesus defeated death. In defeating death, Jesus declared that sin no longer could hold that penalty against us. After all, death has no power where there is an empty tomb. And in giving the cross a new identity, Jesus gave us a new identity. From death to life, from lost to found, from guilty to forgiven. We believe, you see, that the love of God in Jesus changes everything. And we believe this because we have heard his words, seen the miracles, mourned at the cross, and rejoiced at the empty tomb. And we see in all of this that God's great work is one of giving hope and love and forgiveness In places where there was none, we see him restore and give new life. That this God through Jesus makes all things new. And that this was his desire from the beginning and it is what he will bring about in the end. From Revelation 21. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. These words are not the words of a God who is far away, separated, and unreachable. These are the words of a God who has great love and passion for his people. These are the words of a God who, who longs for those he loves to be with him. They are the words of one who would boldly send his son to the world to face death, that life may be had in its place. The words of a God whose son would do so willingly, even joyfully, they are the words of a God who makes new life possible because he makes all things new. And these are the words of a God whose desire is to one day erase our pain, but who in the present overcomes our failures and inabilities that we may one day be with him. These are the words of a God who is overcome for us that we might be overcomers because we find that we are victorious through the victory of Jesus. Therefore, the cross and the resurrection are not the end of the Jesus story, they are simply the prelude to all things being restored and made new. Which changes our story entirely When we celebrate the resurrection, we look back to the empty tomb. We look forward to God making all things new. And we look at ourselves now and we say the resurrection is good news for all of the world. Not just then, not just in the future, but right now. And it is good news for me as. Imperfect as I am, I am undeniably human with faults and failures. I am a sinner in need of a savior. I am depressed in search of hope. I am fearful in need of a protector. I am lost waiting to be found. Or rather, I should say I was all of those things. I am still imperfect, but I am now an overcomer who is not defined by my faults, but by the love of my God. I am still a sinner, but I have a Savior. I have moments of depression, and yet I find hope in the life that is to come. And when I am afraid, I can remember how God has been good and faithful to me and will continue to do so. And it is because of the cross and the empty tomb that I am no longer lost, but I am found. Praise God for the way that he turned a cross, the ugliest implement of torture into a symbol of hope. Praise God for changing me and you from people who could have been defined by struggle and loss to those who can claim victory from the jaws of defeat. Praise God that through the cross and the empty tomb he creates new life. And we say, come Lord Jesus, make all things new.